Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEELS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEELS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 155. Being grateful for where you are and like when you start feeling that gratitude and you start kind of looking at, oh, actually, I look how far I've come and I'm not really thinking about those thoughts of fear. I didn't even wake up fearful this morning. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. And this is another installment of our Spirit Junkie series. We hope you are enjoying it as much as we are. Today, we have an incredible interview to share with you, and we're excited to announce that Universe Has Your Back author Gabby Bernstein, who you heard on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, has released her third video in her free training series called The Number One Way to Stand Out and Make an Impact Doing What You Love, which of course you know is something I love to talk about. So this video definitely hit home with me. You can check out the video at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby. And we asked Gabby to describe the video for you. So roll it, Roxy. Hey, Gabby, your new video, number three of the series of three comes out today. The number one way to stand out and make an impact doing what you love. I love that title. What's that one all about? This one rocks. I'm going to teach you how to make publicity and marketing fun. So if you have a message that you want to spread, whether it's related to a work-related thing or it's just an empowering message that you believe you want to get behind, I can teach you how to make that publicity and marketing fun and not scary. Then I also will teach the number one way to make an impact doing what you love, as we said. So how to really, really make an impact and create a movement with the message that you feel so moved by. Create a movement. I love that. Yeah. And then the third one is my secret method for really standing out and being heard. Mm, we all need that, right, Sus? We do. We hide behind our microphones, but we want to stand <laughs> out and be heard as well. I love it. All right. So go to foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby to watch video number three, the number one way to stand out and make an impact doing what you love. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks, guys. And today's spirit junkie is a successful entrepreneur with a beautiful healing story. Tony Lewis is an entrepreneur who runs a successful business with her husband, and she's also a passionate speaker, empowering women to move through their limiting beliefs, helping them to rise and follow their calling. And I had a chance to catch up with Tony in New York this spring and learn so much from her. She's just like a beautiful being. You just want to spend a lot of time with her and be in her energy. She was also on that Sex in the City tour with us that I was talking about in the last episode with Carla. And we all did the mastermind together with Gabby. And so I feel really, really passionately about Tony's work and really what she stands for. I love what she's doing. I know. She's 
you're, you'll hear the interview Food Heals Nation. You'll see what we're talking about. Um, so far in the series, you've heard from Allison Miko on how to overcome anxiety and depression naturally and to not freak out, as the name of her podcast says. We've heard from Gabby Bernstein on how she overcame a crippling acid reflux diagnosis, plus just how to trust that the universe has your back, which is the name of her book, and that, you know, that you're being divinely guided. And then last week, you heard from Carla Cooper on how to create more abundance and wealth in your life, create wealth for yourself. And we teased some clips from Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital. And we're getting some great feedback and know you're getting excited and anxious to find out more about how to take the course. And so the good news is you only have to wait a few more days. Just a few more days. Just a few more days. So Friday of this week, we'll be telling you exactly how to join and all the bonuses we're giving you, which are worth over $1,900. What? You're welcome. <laughs> you act like you don't wow. know. Wow, I know. But our bonuses are really good. So as soon as we can share them with you, we will. So make sure you listen to our bonus episode on Friday. And we've been getting a lot of questions. So let's do a real quick FAQ. Real quick. One of the questions comes from Martin, who says, is the course for women only? It seems like your interviews are geared towards women, but I'm a male working on my spiritual side and trying to grow my coaching practice. So I'd love to hear if this is a good course for men as well. Don't forget, Allison and Susie, you do have male listeners, and I'd also like to suggest you do some more topics geared towards men's health. Okay. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. So seriously, we're getting a lot of these emails from men. So guys, we hear you. And we have done a lot of female content, and we are not going to forget about you. So in July, we're going to bring you some more content geared towards men. And I'm really glad you brought this up. You're not the first to bring it up. And we even got tweeted about this. So this summer, we're going to work on some content for you. And we're going to get in touch with our masculine sides. Yes. And we'll interview <laughs> some men on some men-focused health information. Um, and Spirit Junkie Masterclass is absolutely for men as well. It's for anyone, anyone who really wants to up-level their life and their business. And I met some incredible guys in my trainings because I've done the in-person trainings as well as the digital. And, you know, even though these concepts may be taught by a female, Gabby, and appeal to a lot of females, but the concepts are really universal. It's really for people that want to up-level their health and their health and wellness business. That's what the trainings are all about. And also some of our guest teachers are males. And so... There's male students, there's male teachers, so thanks for your feedback. And if you stay tuned to the end of this episode, we're actually going to play a clip from Spirit Junkie Digital Masterclass with a course from an amazing teacher, Derek Halpern, and I think you'll definitely resonate with him and his teaching. So guys listening to this, we hear you and we are going to create more content for you this summer. Stay tuned. Next question comes from Stephanie who asks, what are the titles of classes in Spirit Junkie Digital? How much is the course and what bonuses are you offering? And is there a payment plan? Stephanie, thanks for your question. You're not the only person that asked this. I just chose yours because you had the most questions in one. But yes, first off, there is a payment plan. And I can't wait to give you all the details, but you'll have to wait until Friday to get the nitty gritty. But what we can tell you today is that Spirit Junkie Masterclass will be on sale from Friday, June 23rd to June 29th. And Susie and I will be offering bonuses that are worth almost $2,000. What? I know. <laughs> I have to do that every time I, I say know. No, you're going to do it every time, even though she knows. <laughs> what? 
tell me more. We're not good at being salesy, so we like to make fun of it. I'll give you a hint, and the hint that I can give you is that we're going to offer a training that we've been teasing for a while now on how to get your message out and monetize your message through podcasting, just like we did, so much more on that soon. And on Friday, we will reveal exactly what our bonuses are, how you can get them. We'll answer all your questions on Friday, I promise. And you asked about the course titles. So I can't reveal them all, but some of my favorites that really resonated with me are Clear the Fear That Holds You Back, How to Lead Guided Meditations, How to Enhance Your Intuition, Principles of Running a Spiritual Business, Money, Contracts, and Clarity, which is super helpful. She even provides contracts. Like, it's so good, you guys. How to Manifest Media for Your Message, which this one really helped us. And How to Bring Your Story to Life. So those are just a few. Um, As you can see, it's really a spiritual training where you work on yourself and it's also hardcore business training to get your message out there authentically into the world. And she has some amazing, crazy, incredible guest speakers, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorites um, is Jordan Bach from thebachbook.com, B-A-C-H book.com. And he teaches a social media course. And, you know, one of my favorite takeaways was like, people are so stuck on what to post on social media if they're not already good at this. Are you providing value and do you like your post? If you like your post, then your avatar is going to like the post. And so it can be as simple as that. Um, There's also an interview with Kimra Luna on how she literally went from being on food stamps to becoming a millionaire. The content is just unbelievably good. That must be an amazing story. It's such a good story. Yeah. And so camera is in a bunch of the modules and a couple of the classes. So you'll learn a lot from her. It's really exciting. So you watch them all the time, right? Yeah, I literally watch them. <laughs> I think I told you before, which is probably why you asked me that, that um, there, since it's digital, I can watch the trainings anytime I want. And so I just have them on my laptop or I can download them to my phone if I'm like, you know, running or doing dishes or driving so I can listen to them actually as podcasts. You know why that's really helpful is that sometimes you don't always hear things the first time through or your attention is not the same throughout. Your brain can only take so much in and sometimes things that you really need to hear, you may not hear the first time. So the fact you can go back and listen to them again and again, you will get so much out of it being able to do that. Exactly. So for example, I'm re-listening to the one right now about how to create a course because Susie and I were actually creating courses. But the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, that's a great idea. But I, I didn't absorb the information because I wasn't building a course. So and, you, that, and you weren't ready. You weren't, I wasn't ready. You weren't sure when you're going to need that info, but exactly. you still have it. Yep, I have it. So I'm listening to it now. So it's super, super valuable information. It's awesome. Anyway, let us get on to our interview with the beautiful and intelligent Tony Lewis. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Tony Lewis is an entrepreneur, but in her spare time, she is a mother to four beautiful children, an active member of the New Zealand health, wellness, and spiritual community, an all-round cheerleader for women in business. As a result of childhood trauma, Tony has an unwavering belief that talking about the subject creates a dialogue for people to heal, and it helps lift the stigma attached, allowing women and men to step into their power. I love that. Welcome, Tony. Welcome, Tony. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you. It's wonderful to hear your voice all the way from New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. So exciting. And we just got to hang out in New York, what, like a month and a half ago or two months ago? 
about a month ago. It's gone so fast. Oh my gosh, it's only been a month. It has been <laughs> fast. Um, but what a wonderful time we were both in. Um, the Gabby Bernstein Mastermind, and I've already told Susie and Roxy how we were hanging out, drinking some wine and chocolate, doing some Sex in the City tours, and doing a little karaoke, and it was a great time. Yeah, the karaoke was great. <laughs> <laughs> Almost my favorite part. And we, um, yeah, we really bonded the, how many yeah. of the uh, four or five of us. And it was just a really, really good trip. And I, I really enjoyed getting to know you and hearing your story. And so I'm happy for you to be here today and share it with our listeners. I'm really grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so can you just start out giving everyone a taste of who you are and what you do? I so my name is Tony. Obviously, <laughs> I'm a mother of four children, mm-hmm. and I'm married. Um, my husband and I actually run a very busy construction company in New Zealand, mm-hmm. where we um, build residential new homes and we renovate houses. And I'm also in the midst of writing a book myself, and I work with a lot of women and men as well who've been through sexual trauma, especially when. Um, you know, at a young age and they've sort of come into their adulthood and suddenly it's just kind of appeared for them and I'm not sure how to work through it. So I tend to work with men and women around sort of that area. And you yourself experienced this, right? Absolutely. At a young age, I experienced this myself. I did all the healing and and worked with a psychotherapist and at quite a young age, I was doing that. And then I, you know, I thought, oh, that's all I have to do. I'm all fixed now. I'm oh my fine. God, this is so <laughs> what I did. I was like, I'm healed. I'm better. I worked on myself. Done. Moving on. Absolutely. And um, it wasn't until I actually had my first child. I was 21 when I had my first child. Actually, the most perfect timing for me. I remember holding him in my arms and thinking, you know, how could anybody hurt a child or think anything different than wanting to protect a child and I just it really hit me and then I started feeling all those uh, feelings of not feeling protected I suddenly just felt a little bit all by myself in the world it was like this whole new outlook on life had hit me as I became a mother and I guess at the time I didn't really see it. it it was a couple of years later where it all just kind of blew up for me trauma tends to do that I feel like if you've dealt with it addressed it, gone to therapy, feeling better about it doesn't mean it's necessarily all gone and everything's fine again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What I know now is that it's a continual journey and it's something that, you know, I'm always having to work on and and that's okay. So Tony, if I may ask, how old were you when you had your abuse? Yeah, so um, I'm not sure when it started, but it was when I was 12 or so I think when I was 12, yeah. I realized sort of what was happening to me wasn't happening to my friends and nobody was talking about it. Yeah. And then I realized I was very different to everybody else. I became very withdrawn and very quiet. Just I knew I was different to everybody else. And so I was just kind of in my own little world of not really knowing where I fit. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to feel. I didn't. I was just quite numb. I felt a lot of shame and guilt yeah. and, you know, what I had realized. But I did have this moment when I was about 12, you know, why is this happening to me? Like, like how am I going to get out of this situation? I was still quite young and I guess I didn't know what to do. And I remember kind of like sort of experiencing this sort of feeling and hearing this authoritative voice say to me, 
one day you're going to be helping other people who are going through what you're going through. And at the time, I didn't really think much of that. I I guess, actually, it probably gave me a little bit of a, um, didn't give me this kind of quiet, like, internal state that I created. Like, it was very, very tiny. It was like a tiny little seed had been planted. As I was sort of going through life, I would be reminded of this. I came up to situations, especially in my teenage years, where I was trying to numb everything with alcohol and drugs and <laughs> partying and just like really dumb stuff that you do, mm-hmm. I would sort of come out the other end and I'd be feeling, you know, really bad or regretful or just uh, not wanting to be here. And then I'd just be reminded of that kind of little, that voice that I heard. And it just, it kind of like just that tiny little thing kind of kept me going through those years. Mm. I find myself... Um listening to an audiobook right now about called Sexual Healing by Peter A. Levine. Mm. Um, I myself am not a survivor of sexual abuse, but I'm reading this book, and it's all about that. And the statistic that it starts off with is one in four people worldwide is a survivor of childhood sexual mm. abuse. And if you're a young yeah. girl, it's a higher statistic. They didn't give a specific number. Wow. So yeah. it's so prevalent worldwide, mm. and it's something that the survivors and the victims of carry around their own personal shame just like you said like feel like they can't talk about it like it's it, they're the ones that are have been victimized and then have mm-hmm. to carry the burden and to me when i heard that statistic i was like that is enormous and if then if you're a young girl mm. it's even higher probably one in three well i used to shy away from it or try and numb myself yeah. you know like the easiest yeah. way to to not look at it is to kind of like i'm just gonna drink this five bottles of wine and like I'll feel bad about it tomorrow but like I don't have to think about it right now yeah but like I now I love it if I get triggered it's just like oh I'm so excited I get to work through something as a new growth or or something exciting a new part of me is about to be real be awakened and it's really exciting and like being a young mother and then going to the park or you know I used to just talk to anybody and I would mostly be drawn to people who would share their story with me of of their childhood sexual abuse and they wouldn't know me. Wow. And they would be dealing with the exact thing that I was dealing with last week Mm. or a month ago and I was able to give them a little bit of advice or if it was out of my um, zone of genius, I would, you know, you need to see a therapist. I didn't try and fix everybody or do everything by myself, but I did have like this in a knowing of, of knowing what to do next because I'd just been through it myself. It happened. I was like a magnet. <laughs> I was a magnet. And it actually still happens to me. I was at a party last week and a woman started talking to me. Actually, I was at a concert and a woman started talking to me, concert of like thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she tells me her story. And I'm like, of all the people that I could be speaking right. to. <laughs> that just happens to be standing uh, next to you. So, I, I, you know, I obviously I feel very passionate about the subject around – healing of it I'm not angry anymore I mean I get triggered by stories and feel very sad when I hear people's stories when they share them with me but I'm not angry I just really want to be part of the solution and you are part of the solution because you are transforming people's lives through the work that you do and so what are some of your best life-saving tools or tips to overcoming trauma whether it's sexual trauma whether it's a repressed trauma whether it's just something we're pushing down what can you tell us I mean, there's different levels of where we're at when we're healing. Actually speaking to a professional therapist is so important, especially at the beginning, because I really believe that you just need to kind of get grounded in what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. 
because for many years your mind was is playing games with you. It's kind of telling you all these things that aren't real, that you aren't good enough and that you are dirty and that, you know, all of those things that go on in your head. Mm-hmm. And so seeing a therapist who can actually sit with you and tell you what's real and what's not real is probably like just kind of doing the groundwork. Mm-hmm. So then you can go on with your own, on your own journey of healing. And I guess how I've done that is I have, um, I've read lots of books. I'm a real, I need to figure it out myself mm-hmm, sort me of too. person. I get it. I'll always ask for help when I need it. So I will dive into books. You know, I will seek yeah. out whether it's a spiritual healer or if it's someone who, um, like EFT is a massive thing for me. Like I love doing EFT. Tapping. We talk about that often. Yep. Tapping, yeah, tapping's a, a big thing. And and another one for me is sort of journaling it out and writing it out. But what I've learned over over the years is that, especially like building our business, is that having those strong foundations in place is really, really important. You can go out and you can do all this stuff in the world and you can go and create and it's amazing. But, you know, if you haven't like done all that inner work, mm-hmm. You're not going to carry yourself through and it just, you know, one little thing can just completely derail you. And so I'm a real slow and steady kind of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm slow and steady. Admittedly, I was like, I was that person that just want to get in there and get it all done. But after our second year in business, when I just had my complete breakdown, I was like, no, slow and steady is the way to do it. The inner work is the key. I think that you're absolutely right. And that's what I'm working on right now is slowing down because I am the get it done, get it done faster. This is how you succeed, whether it is emotionally, whether it is business, whatever it is. I'm like, okay, what are the steps? Let me complete the steps so I can be done. And that mentality, sure, it can make you successful temporarily or make you achieve something that you think is valuable. But if you're not doing the inner work at the same time and slowing down, then it's really not valuable because you're just running. And I know that and I'm learning that and I'm working on stopping the running. So I really like your advice about slowing down. And when you had that breakthrough, when you say in your um, story online that you hit rock bottom, what, what was that like? And how did you come come back? Yeah, so that was like that was my biggest rock bottom moment I've experienced. I got really pissed off because I was like, you know, I should know better. I shouldn't be getting myself into this state. What was the um, state? What did it feel like? <laughs> so, um, so in our second year of business, I was um, driving on the freeway. We call it a motorway in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And um, I almost passed out. I was almost like fell asleep. I had no control over how I was feeling. How scary. Was it like a panic and, attack? Well, yeah, it was like a panic attack. Yeah, definitely. I had no warning. I mean, leading up to it, I was just a crazy person doing a million things and not really being sort of conscious of what I was doing. And No one's and, like that. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was literally, yeah, literally running around like a crazy person. But I stopped on the side of the road and I, I rang my husband and I said, there's something really wrong with me. I'm going to get myself home. I was only at like two minutes from home. I was just about to get off the motorway. And I said, I'm going to go home and I'm just going to sleep. I just need to sleep. And I went home and I slept and he picked all the four kids up from all their different places because they were at that stage were at different schools. Hence why I was probably running around like a crazy person. Right. Um, I went home and I, it was two o'clock or something. I slept all afternoon, all night. Mm. The next morning he got the kids to school. I kind of, I slept until lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't have fevers or anything, so it's not like I was sick. I just I knew in my my soul that I was just tired and I needed to stop. The next day, I went to my doctor and said to her, "There's something really wrong with me. I can't control this tiredness." Yeah. And I guess I went down the track of being tested and and all of those things, and they were trying to diagnose me with autoimmune disease and. I knew that I was, one, eating really badly, (laughs) (laughs) two, not sleeping properly, and three, just living just a really busy life that wasn't very healthy for me. And also the stress because we'd almost lost our business the year before and we were just digging ourselves out of that. And right, right underneath that was my trauma. My trauma was still there. It had affected me in business. Like who would have thought that something personal like that would affect you as a businesswoman? But it affects everything, doesn't Absolutely. it? I mean, it affects your sense of worth. It affects your confidence. It affects your romantic relationships. Obviously, it, it came up when you had your first child. It affects everything. Are you guys watching yes. The Keepers? No. no. Oh, it's a documentary and it's about, I mean, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but it starts out being a documentary about a murder of a nun and then it actually is an expose on the sexual abuse being perpetrated by these priests, these Catholic priests in the town and how it went on for years and years and years unchecked. And the people's stories that are brave enough to share their stories mm-hmm. on the documentary, it has affected their entire lives it was so traumatic that they repressed it and they didn't even know why they were having all these issues until they had memories and recalled what had actually Mm -hmm. happened and anyways Mm -hmm. if you're interested in learning more about this or maybe you know it could be healing for some people who are survivors of this it's a really powerful and depressing documentary I'm not gonna lie but it's really well done and but needs to be talked about yes because I mean that's a specific very specific instance yeah that was institutionalized child abuse sexual child abuse um that went on for decades in all countries and even even crazier because it wasn't just a you know it wasn't just a fluke in one area or it just wasn't a family Mm. member or a friend or a neighbor it was it was a it was priests it was the that most, children i was raised catholic so you're taught that you know the priest is the closest thing to god closest thing to god which that's a whole Mm. other level but yeah. it, but as as Tony was talking about, it it affects everything. Yeah. Which I I yeah. um, actually had a very close friend growing up in high school that I learned that she had been severely sexually abused mm-hmm. by her own father. And when oh. I found out, because I, I didn't know. Yeah. And when I found out, and she sort of spilled her guts, I had a panic attack myself because I was mm-hmm. so close to this person. I loved her so much, and I could feel her. Pa- I'm sort of empathic. I could feel like what her that pain. was like for her. Ugh. I freaked out mm. yeah. because it was too mm. much to even handle for my young brain. It's like how I didn't experience it, but how could someone do that to you? How could this person do yeah. that to you? It affects everything. And I saw how it affected all aspects of her life until she was really able to, to start with psychotherapy. And then just like any trauma, it's a continual. I mean, I think that's probably the worst one you could experience as a child. Yeah. If it's emotional, physical yeah. or sexual. Sexual is obviously the most the worst one you could experience. Yeah, yeah. I guess I just realized that that my sexual trauma just affected every corner of my life, Mm -hmm. every single corner, every bit. I'm in the construction industry, very male dominant. I've never really been put in in a situation where I feel unsafe, but I was just how I was relating to everybody was... I was just well. Even if you, if you, even if you had someone you're doing a contract with or working with, and they might be dominant to you, and I don't know the details of your abuse, but like that could trigger something, yeah. right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I just think 
you know, that was just a big wake up call for me. And, and, you know, through that part of my life, like I would say I spent a good three months of just having to sleep more and, yeah, just really having to slow down. And um, I went sugar free and I stopped drinking alcohol and I, you know, I just really gave my body a clean slate. I felt really good. And all of a sudden I became connected again. I became connected to who I wa- who I am. I'm very psychic, you know, as a young woman in between those moments of trying to like mask the pain I was feeling, I, I was, you know, all of my gifts were still there, but I was just, I wasn't ready to work with them. And so through, my, you know, that experience I had a few years ago, I had to stop and it all came back like in a massive rush, mm. the call for me to write my book the call for me to explore this other part of myself and to actually stand up and start talking about this and be part of the change. What I actually also realized is that other people were starting to talk about this as well. Mm. And so I feel like it was just a shift for many people that just felt like they needed to start talking about this. I'm, I'm not angry anymore. Like I'm actually not angry. So I come from this place of love now and like a real understanding. I can still feel how people are feeling that I haven't lost that, Mm -hmm. but I I don't carry it. Just, I really want to be there to be of service and to help. And that's pretty much what I've been doing since I've been on this journey. I had over a thousand messages now from people who have shared their story with me. I mean, that's incredible. And I think that is the work is getting to that place of not embodying those false beliefs, those misbeliefs about who we are, because we are none of those things. We are only those things if we tell ourselves that that we are, and that's what leads to us not healing. So I think it's really Mm -hmm. beautiful. And so what do you do now? I know that you are helping women and you are helping people, survivors of sexual abuse, and you're a cheerleader for women in business. So how have you transformed this into what the current work that you're doing now? The book is a big part of my journey. It's been a calling that I, you know, I just had to get it out. At times, I didn't want to do it, and mm. but I always get reminded why I need to do it. I might be having one of those days where I think, oh, I just don't want to do this. It's like, who am I to write? I left school when I was like 14, 15. I'm so uneducated. I don't even know how to like do grammar or spell very well. Well, I way to put my full stops. <laughs> <laughs> I do love one thing Gabby always says is that, you know, how many bestseller selling books does she have now with an eighth grade education, right? Like she never, she, she never took a writing class after eighth grade. And so, or eighth grade English, she says. And so that's like, it, it's such a misbelief that Pe- people don't buy books because the grammar and the spelling exactly. are perfect. They buy them because the stories are compelling and they see themselves in the stories yep. and they find value from it. So you can literally, I mean, there's tons of self-published things out there where the grammar because you don't have an editor if yeah. you're still published the grammar and the spelling are horrible but if I've even read novels, fiction, fictional stories where the grammar and the spelling were awful <laughs> the story was kind of yes. interesting right yeah. so that you it's know changing. it's, it's changing and you can changing. always do spell check and yeah. gra- grammar check which you should yeah. if you're self-publishing FYI but yes. <laughs> but people don't but pe- I'm I, I love English I respect grammar but like yes. it's not the most important thing And it's like you said, people resonate with other people's stories. So my story can heal. Susie's story can heal. Tony's story can heal. Roxy, your story can heal. (laughs) Our podcast producer. Like, and that's the point of this is 
we are going to experience many things, many traumas, overcome many obstacles. And then it's our duty, in my opinion, to share how we overcame them in order to help others heal. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I mean, I know that I've heard other people's stories and this is what also grounds me in my work. And I think if they didn't get up and share their story, I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, like it just is a reminder of like why I do this. And I have to really think, okay, I've got to step up because, you know, I am an introvert. Like it takes me a lot to kind of step out of my shell and, and do what I want to do. But I know that I'm being guided to do this. And so it's bigger than who I am. And I have to follow that. So I guess, you know, alongside writing my book, especially coming back from Spirit Junkie Level 2 last year, I had people like, are you going to be coaching now? You know, I really want you to coach me. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to coach. <laughs> <laughs> who am I to coach? Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, I went and got some tools and learned how that worked. And then I took on some one-on-one clients, mainly women and men who are in business, who similar to my sort of breakdown that I had, who this trauma came up for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it works, like working with them over the time I've worked with them. They definitely have completely transformed who they are. And I mean, I would have loved someone to do that for me, I guess. That's how I think. I would have loved a coach to come in who had experienced what I had experienced and like just taking me on this journey to help me pull me through it so you know I I wanted to do that and I my focus right now is getting my book out we're really excited for your book and it's kind of a memoir right can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to get in the book so this book is basically about my journey of healing definitely some really good tools in there and, and who I've gone to for help and the kind of books that I've read and and other people's stories who I've actually spoken to and they know that they're going to be in the book not with their names but just you know like I know they'll be really helpful because you know exactly what I went through and and their journeys are very similar something I would have loved to have read just moments around when I became a mother and, and just those feelings that came up for me that no one ever talks about no one prepared me for Oh, when you become a mother by the way all your crap's going to come up just a sort of a period of time when, you know, I had my children was really healing for me. A lot of really good moments, a lot of really happy moments, but a lot of real um, deep sadness I was experiencing that nobody would have known about. Yes, we hide our sadness, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I remember one of the things that happened to me in Spirit Junkie Masterclass at level two and Tony, you were there, but I'm sure you don't remember this because there was a lot that happened at level two. Yeah. <laughs> But I stood up and I I talked a little bit about my story and um, Gabby said to me, you have to talk about your sadness. You are holding it in and you're not being honest about it and it's a part of you and you have to be honest about it and talk about it and that will help you heal and that will help others heal. But the more that you're not talking about it and stuffing it down, it's only hindering you from living a more abundant life that you're seeking. And that's stuck with me and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to be more honest about it and I'm also trying to work on tools to overcoming it. I, I think I 
I told Susie, but I'm doing, um, I have a tapping coach right now and we're doing tapping for trauma work and it's Lori Layden and she's incredible. She was a trauma counselor at Rwanda and she was a trauma counselor um, after some school shootings. And she's one of those people that is just so hardcore on healing trauma. And so I'm working on myself, but I'm also honest about it and not holding it in and keeping it as separate from who I am because my trauma and my sadness is a part of me. And I hope that I transform it and I can smile about it. And some days I can, but the days that I can't, I need to be honest about that and not hide and go, everything is perfect. Everything's all right, which I'm real good at doing. Well, let's also um, be clear about this. Often with trauma survivors, they put it in a box and put it on a shelf in a cupboard far yep. away in the depths of their mind because that's the only way. That's how the brain responds. That's how I knew how to that's deal That's how with you it. get through it, mm-hmm. especially with children. That's why memories are repressed. People don't even know that they've been yes. abused. Sometimes they don't even remember before the age of six or seven, you know, or five or six or seven, their, their mm-hmm. mind just blanks out. Yep. And they don't even know it until they do a hypnosis session or a, a deep regression or something like that. That's how the brain protects itself. That you're, That is your body's response to like, I, I don't even know how to deal with this. Yeah. So I'm just going to put it away la- and we're going to deal with this later. And then it'll come mm. up when you're on the motorway or the freeway. Yeah. You have your like, first child. And then you're like, what guy. What the hell is wrong with me? Why am, why am I exploding into tears or rageful or why yeah. do I want to pass out? Um, it's the body's ways of, way of protecting itself. And that's okay. So if anybody's listening and they've experienced that, just know that like deal with it when you're ready to deal with it. Absolutely. I think, you know, you can think, oh, you can feel that you've got to just go and do all the healing all at once and and, you, and then you're going to be fixed forever. And I know yeah. I touched on this earlier, but I just think it's just, you know, when you've been through trauma or great sadness, it's part of who you are and you just have to learn to kind of live with it, you know, not for it to take over you, but just to really kind of figure out when it's showing up for you and then do the work and go back into all those daily practices and and your tools that you know that you can use that can bring you out of it. Well, no matter how I think, I personally think, uh, no matter how wounded or perfect you are, psychologically, emotionally, whatever, everybody has their own scars and wounds, you're never going to get there. You're never going to get to a point where like, I'm perfect, it's all gone you can, you can get to a point and you feel great and happy and peaceful and accepting, but that is still going to be part of your story. And I've tried and it don't work. People. Don't work? <laughs> don't work. Don't work? Okay. So I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, I think, I think, and I think that's actually the way we get to the point that we are actually perfect and healed, if you can be quote unquote healed, is that you fully accept it and go, this is part of my past. It happened. It sucked but I'm okay with it. Like it's, I've, I've dealt with it. And, I've worked through it. It's okay. And I've transformed it. And I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm good enough or loved. Whatever conclusion you had to get to to get yep. to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a moment when I just, I thought, you know, I, all of that, what you just said, I am loved and I, you know, I can do this and I know I'm capable. I'm a great mother. I'm a great friend. And I had to really get myself into that head space of, really believing in myself and and not just a fake believing, like actually really feeling it through my body, like feeling, you know, going for a walk and actually just feeling grateful and and just kind of looking around you and just being in that moment. And I know people talk about this and I was was speaking to someone yesterday about this. Oh, that's so like fluffy, you know, like what you go to a park and you just look at everything and you feel it. And I was just like, (laughs) actually, (laughs) there's a bit more to it than just, you know, you just being grateful for where you are and, 
like when you start feeling that gratitude and you start kind of looking at, oh, actually, I look how far I've come. And I'm not really thinking about those thoughts of fear. I didn't even wake up fearful this morning. But I guess that, you know, me stopping when I was about to pass out, I, it really made me realize how far I had I had actually come. The year before, we'd almost lost our business. And I realized, oh, we've actually, you know, we, we didn't bankrupt or liquidate our company. We decided to sell our family home, which was very heartbreaking. Mm. And we paid everybody back. We knew we wanted to be in the building industry for a long time, mm-hmm. so we wanted to do the right thing. And, you know, we're out of that debt now and we have bought out another house and, you know, we're living a very, very blessed life, like amazing. Congratulations. So, That's amazing. You. No, that really is amazing. Coming from an entrepreneur who has experienced difficulties in my own life, I can appreciate your story. Like, that's incredible. Uh, You have no idea how similar your story is to my father's story, which is when I was in high school, he, oh no, I was in middle school and he had a construction company and he had to declare bankruptcy. And the one thing that he did that no one else was doing was he got back on his feet and he paid everyone back. And so Mm -hmm. he came out of bankruptcy, made a new business, paid everyone back and then flourished. And I think energetically and spiritually, it was the paying everyone back that was able to make him be able to create, you know, the next big step. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's some kind of universal, horrible thing that happens, but it's (laughs) something to be grateful for that we have to hit rock bottom and we have to go somewhere very low and very deep and very scary in order to appreciate when the good things come. What if your life was happy the whole time? You'd be miserable because you'd be constantly waiting for it to get better. And I've met those people and they haven't gone through anything and they're just Mm -hmm. miserable and you're like, you kind of have everything, so shut the fuck up, okay? Not to be judgmental, (laughs) but I've met those people. And so it is really interesting. And so it's about, for me personally, and I hope that this resonates with Food Heals Nation, being grateful for the good times and being grateful for the bad times because as much trauma as they brought you, as much grief as they brought you, as much hard times as you went through, you would not appreciate the good times. And when you're down, the only way you can go is up. And so that's an exciting time. Susie's glaring at me. Well, I was just thinking as you're somewhere, I'm like, yes, absolutely. No, there's nothing that... There's yes, not, but. No, there's yes, nothing... Well, sometimes <laughs> if, if you're... If there's a listener... That's that's experiencing right now similar distress, and they're like, "Fuck you! I'll be grateful for my hard time." No, they might be. Okay. No, I'm only grateful after. I'm not Af- grateful during. That's you're what, right. I, that's you're what right. I mean. Is that you're right? That's what I mean. Um, you're right. Is that you don't necessarily have to be grateful for the bad times, oh, but no, but I but, wasn't. Be, but remaining resolute and saying, "I'm not." What your dad did and what Tony did was like, "We're not giving up." Yeah, we're going to have to make a difficult decision and this is going to be painful and this is not what I expected, yeah. but I'm going to make it through. I'm going to, I'm going to be successful regardless. Those are the kinds of people. I mean, if you look at history of people that um, Edison had to go through 200 different types of things before he found the filament for the light bulb. Right. And, and he's things- known for making the light bulb. But do you know how many times he failed before he made that exactly. light bulb? Exactly. Like- I mean, all those statistics of different people that have failed and failed and failed and failed and failed and yeah. then they made it big. And what if he had, what if he had stopped the last time before he made he the damn the light Edison bulb. was. Yeah. But he kept going. And so that's part of the lesson. But Susie, you're right. I'm sorry. I in no way would ever want to minimize anything. You were Pollyanna-ing out on me. And I, I just wanted to. <laughs> and I didn't mean to. It's just. No, that's... it's a good thing. I've come to that I, point. But I, it took 
years. I agree with you. I've been doing this for years. I agree with you. And I've come to that point too where I had to learn gratitude. Yeah. Because I was given a lot and then I had to go through some difficulties. And regardless, either way, like you have to be grateful with where you're at and what yeah. you have. And that's how you do heal no matter yeah. what your traumas and your pains. But um, And, and it's do- not easy. No. We're not poly. I didn't mean to Pollyanna. It ain't No, easy. it's okay. It, no, you should Pollyanna out. That's your, that's your character on our on our podcast. I'm Pollyanna. Who are you? Not Pollyanna. <laughs> the anti-Pollyanna. The dark Pollyanna. There's all sorts of versions going on here. Well, I love that movie because I watched it as a little girl. My best friend had had it on VHS. And I remember like I was discussing this with someone the other day where she would play the glad game. Like Pollyanna was just always happy no matter what. And she would play the glad game. And oh, fuck that bitch. <laughs> I'm not her. Yeah, you are. It's being appreciative. Sometimes. You're no, totally freaking... Po- <laughs> whatever. You're Pollyanna. She also anyway. called me Charlotte on Sex and the City in another episode. No, no like, part, I'm Carrie. Part Charlotte. <laughs> part Charlotte. Because you're very responsible. Fine. And you're very like... Oh, it sounds so boring. No, part Charlotte. Okay, part. Pat. Pat. Okay. Pat. Tony, who are you from Sex and the City? I'm a mixed year, I think. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a real mix. Yeah. I, I, I'm a Gemini, so I'm kind of anything I want to be. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I um, I was just going to say about the whole um, Pollyanna thing. I remember after we had gone through that part of, you know, selling the house and I had to go to my son's school and talk to the principal because we were finding it really hard to pay the school fees. You know, real stuff was happening for us. Like people just look at us now and think yep everything's pretty easy for you but like you know when we were going through that we would have you know maybe a hundred dollars a week for food you know for our family of six we just had to really pull in but I went to the school and I spoke to the principal and I kind of told him what was going on and he was really good and he really supported us and he said to me something that really stuck with me this was kind of my mantra actually he said, things always get easier. And I know that's such a simple thing, mm-hmm. but like it really stuck with me because I just thought this is the reality of what my life was back then. We had all these bills to pay. Nobody was happy that we weren't paying them fast. I was getting phone calls every single day from every single person we owed money to. And I had to like manage them. I'd be like, yes, we're still putting our money in on Thursday. You were still going to get your payment. We're not going to forget you. Mm-hmm. And then sort of month by month, someone would fall off and then I wouldn't be getting their phone call. <laughs> it did. It got easier. Life just got easier. And then all of a sudden, nobody was rigging us. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that feeling and thought, wow, we did it. Like we actually did it. I mean, it was just weeks where it was a real struggle but you know we did it we paid every I'm talking you know hundreds of thousands of dollars here we just did it it was the best feeling and some of those people still work with us now they're our friends life always gets better and I just carried that through until we got to the end and it dropped off and then I got a new mantra (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome And so I want to get into a little bit about your experience as a spirit junkie and um, doing spirit junkie masterclass, which you and I have both done levels one and two, as well as the mastermind, which is kind of level three. And can you tell us about how being a spirit junkie and taking those courses has changed your life, changed your business? How have you expanded your consciousness? Give us a little bit about that. 
I remember go, like signing up from level one spirit junkie and mm-hmm. thinking, I don't even know why I'm doing this because right. how am I going to apply this in our building company? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> building company. <laughs> um, but I just thought I, I knew I needed to be there. And so I'd never been to New York from New Zealand. Mm. And I, my furthest trip was maybe three hours away. And how this long was, was this like, flight? Oh, it takes about two days from New Zealand. Oh, Good God. my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so it's about three, sometimes four flights, but I try and get three if I'm, you know, if I'm lucky. Wow. So it's a big trip. And admittedly at the time, we didn't really have much money. I knew it was financially a stretch, but I knew I needed to be there. Yeah. My husband came with me. Um, he is like my biggest supporter. Like I totally manifested this guy. He is amazing. Aww. So get to New York and he I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a spirit junkie. You can just do your thing. And he, you know, does his thing. And I get to Spirit Junkie on the Friday and I'm like, holy crap, I'm in a room full of people just like me. Felt like I was at home. Like I really like, I feel like New York's my home now. I've been there three times. Like that's my home. I love New York. Susie, you sound like a New Yorker. (laughs) (laughs) Just a different accent, but. No, uptown. That's an uptown accent. (laughs) I can't even, I can't, I'm not even going to try to do New Zealand. I can't do it. No, I'm I'm from New York originally. Yeah, I love that city. Oh, I just, I love the, I don't mind the busyness. I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't get caught up in the, you know, the energy. I don't feel sucked. I think it's fun. I love it. I think it's fun. You know, I I, I grew up outside of the city in the suburbs, but like, it's just fun. It's just anything. You can do anything there. You can do any, at any time. New York. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. But I mean, the end of the weekend, I, um, I just kind of went home and I was like, what do I do now? But what I did is I sort of, I came home and I just got grounded in um, my daily practices and just some of the exercises that Gabby had given us on the weekend. I, I just started to bring them into my daily practices and just slowly but surely. And what happened is we started attracting these massive big jobs, these big building jobs mm-hmm. and amazing clients, like exactly the clients that we wanted. Because of the so- tools that you learned. Absolutely. All about the inner work. The inner work is the key. We know we can do an amazing job. My husband is an amazing project manager, an amazing builder. All of the guys that work for us are amazing. All our staff, amazing. Mm -hmm. We have got an amazing team. So I knew we could do the work. And then suddenly we started getting clients that matched what we could do. Wow. It was awesome. And then, of course, the income comes in. So we are all of a sudden become a million dollar company <laughs> within six months it's like wow that's incredible <laughs> congratulations thank you because we're sensible um as well with our finances because of course what we had been through so we're very conscious of putting the money back into our business and making sure we're all of our clients are good because that's a massive big thing for us we just because of what we had been through we didn't want to be in that situation again and then I was like, I'm going to go to level two. I said to my husband, I need to be at level two. I don't know why, but I need right. to be there. And level two of Spirit Junkie Masterclass is what you're talking about. Yeah, level two Spirit Junkie. Before we even left, we started landing million-dollar builds. It's incredible. <laughs> I know. it was. It's amazing. And when I got to level two, again, I was surrounded by people 
just like me. Mm-hmm. Similar experiences, all in their own businesses as lawyers and, and all sorts of really cool professions there. And I got to be in this space with people who were just like me and we got to just be real with each other. And, and of course, Ra Goddess sort of said something as well, which really stuck with me about, you know, being the change in the industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, does that mean I have to stay in the building industry? I'm trying to like get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ra Goddess was one of the incredible teachers that Gabby had brought to level two. Yeah, she is, she's just amazing. And she has such presence about her. Yes. And, I love the industry that we're in. Actually, I do love it. Mm -hmm. We grew our business from the ground up, my husband and I, and I'm very passionate about being part of an industry and doing the right thing, being a good business, you know, having a good business model. Of course. And so you said earlier that the key to manifesting your business to become this million dollar business was really doing the inner work. And so my advice to anyone listening, of course, would be if you want to do this to take Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital. But Tony, for anyone listening who just wants like a tip or two from what you did personally to do the inner work, can you give us any examples? So, I mean, my morning practice is really important to me. Uh So I will make sure I set myself up for the day. What that looks like is me taking time out meditation. I guess so for many years I woke up feeling fear. I don't want to wake up feeling that way. So I just make sure that when I get up I'm in a state of meditation, gratitude, thinking about the kind of clients you want to bring in, thinking about the clients that we're working with and how we can best serve them, thinking about our staff as well because they're a really important part of our business. And just thinking about, you know, like we're finishing jobs, starting jobs, and in jobs, you know, I just have to really just kind of be in the energy of that and be mindful of anything that might come up during the day. And then, of course, I have to, like, check in with myself. I have to check in and, like, okay, am am I okay? Like, am I experiencing any pain am I feeling anything that I need to be dealing with because I can't deal with our clients if I've got my own stuff going on true you're not going to get you know that stress that you can sometimes feel it's just going to kind of lift from you absolutely like you're not going to spin out you know I I have a different life path I haven't had the traumas that you've had but I've had my own traumas and I too sometimes wake up in fear Mm -hmm. and anxiety and I've had to go okay here it is again what are we going to do? Yeah. Are we going to pretend it's not there and then by 3 p.m. we're going to have a freak out? Right. Or are we going to meditate or take the dog for a walk or just sit and relax or have a nice breakfast or just be present with what I'm feeling? And yeah. I sometimes make the wrong choices. <laughs> <laughs> You're not perfect. And what then, do you mean? And then by 3 p.m. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as Allison has seen me do. So, it, it, you know, it, abs- it, it absolutely <laughs> makes it absolutely makes sense. And um, Tony, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And can you tell everyone um, how to get on the list to receive your book when it's released and some shameless self-promotion where everyone can find you online? Right. Okay. So um, I have a website, TonyLewis.com. It's in the middle of being reconstructed, (laughs) but there is my blog on there. So you can read a little bit more about me and there is a a space where you can sign up to receive information of my book. Perfect. I do have a Facebook page, Tony Amanda Lewis, and same with Instagram, Tony Amanda Lewis. I also have a private Facebook group called Spiritual Home with Tony Lewis. And that's a space where I share more of myself. And a lot of people who are in that group have... Not everybody, but a lot of people have experienced trauma. There are people in that group who are really helpful if something comes up 
And I do lots of videos and, and live things in there just to kind of be of service to anyone who doesn't want to outrightly like my page thinking, oh, you know, Tony's talking about sexual abuse. I don't right. want my friends to know that. So it's more of a private page where you can go and hang out and ask any questions and it's a really safe space. I, I really appreciate that um, because we are these public figures now when you just have your Facebook page or your LinkedIn page or whatever and everything is being documented and it just feels safer to be in those private groups where at least whatever you're typing is never going to be seen by other people that aren't in the group. And so I love how you've just created a safe community for people to talk about their trauma, to talk about their sexual abuse. I think it's really beautiful. So if anyone listening wants a safe space, I highly, highly recommend it. I'm also a member and I think that it's just a good place where you can be honest, ask questions, tell your story in a non-judgmental, beautiful environment. Oh, thank you, Alison. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Tony. We really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing, Tony. Yeah, thank you for having me. What a lovely conversation. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Tony, and we hope that you're getting excited about Spirit Junkie Masterclass with Gabby B. As a reminder, you can watch Gabby's free video training at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby, and our new video comes out today. It's the number one way to stand out and make an impact doing what you love. So be sure to check that out. In the video, you will learn how to make publicity and marketing fun. The number one way to make an impact doing what you love. And Gabby's secret method for standing out and being heard. And this Friday, June 23rd, we're going to tell you exactly how you can take Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital and all the fun, fantastic bonuses we're offering you as well. So we've been giving you some glimpses, teasing you, giving you some clips as to what Spirit Junkie Masterclass is all about. And we wanted to end on another clip from one of the courses inside Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital. So this is a guest lecture with Derek Halpern from socialtriggers.com. His course, which I was talking about earlier, is how to create a digital course, which I know many of you are already doing. Susie and I have done and are doing. And, you know, you might be just starting to do or maybe you're just dreaming about doing. So this is a really great training. And here's a little three minute teaser about how you can create a digital course and maybe even quit your dreadful nine to five. Roll it, Roxy. Roll it. (laughs) Regular people can turn their skills into digital products and they can turn these digital products into a living. And I wanna walk you through how to do it from start to finish. So if you're wondering, how do I come up with an idea for a product? We're gonna show you how to do that. If you're also wondering, how can you start attracting the prospects that you wanna attract? We'll show you how to do that too. And finally, I wanna show you how to actually deliver an online course that wows your students. I'm really excited for this, so let's jump in. This is Kim. Kim had a skill that she was actually a photographer, and she turned her photography skills into online courses and started selling them. And the types of courses she sold were like a Lightroom course or how to take pictures of your baby type courses. And her skill as a photographer are now in online courses that she sells to consumers, and she's making a few hundred thousand dollars a year doing it. Everyone here has a skill that they can teach someone else. It doesn't have to be photography, it could be anything. But you have a skill that you can teach someone else, and if you have a skill, you can turn it into a course and start selling it. This is Jenna. Jenna had, was in the business of selling one-on-one services, and like many people here, she quickly found that she couldn't scale these one-on-one services like she had hoped. 
So she packaged it into a do-it-yourself course, started selling it, and she's doing a great job doing that as well. But here's one last person I want to share with you because he's a very interesting story. This is Joseph Michael Nicoletti. Joseph didn't have any skills. <laughs> but he knew he wanted to create a course anyway. So what did he do? He found this, this cool program called Scrivener, which was getting very popular. And he didn't know how to use Scrivener. He never wrote a book before. And he really had no idea what he was doing. So what did he do? He decided to go through this software step by step and record short little three to five minute videos about how to use Scrivener for people who want to write a novel. This guy didn't write a book. He didn't have any skills. He found some popular piece of software, showed people how to use it as he learned how to use it, and now he makes about $25,000 a month selling tutorials about how to use some silly app that was popular in the App Store. I'm not sharing this for any other reason other than the fact to show you that you can really create a course about anything and you can start today. So a guy with no skills is now making 25K a month on his digital course. I mean, that's reason enough to quit your day job, right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love that clip. <laughs> I know. So to get all the details, you can always sign up for our mailing list at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby, and you'll be the first to know how to take Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital. And make sure to listen to our bonus episode this Friday when we are interviewing the fabulous Heather Fenton, who will teach us how to make a positive impact simply by who you are being, and powerfully step into faith, taking inspired action and unapologetically transform your passion into a paycheck. Cannot wait. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you've experienced any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.